Hey, what's going on, everybody? Listen, Seg Station. This man has a nickname, always a lot to say with no shame. Thursday, February 25th, 2021. Hope all is well out there, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Seglin here. You're listening to Seg Station Podcast. I got some company back in studio today as well. Every few weeks or so, he slides on through in his Mets gear. It smats the stats, kid. Shoe, what's good, my guy? How you doing? Oh, what's going on, everyone? It smats the stats, kid. Your favorite nomad coming back at you after, I don't know, a week, two weeks. Who fucking knows? It's the same thing every time I get on. The nomad. Yep, looking forward to getting into some good talks here. We got baseball. I'm sure you got a little NBA you want to cover. Uh, there's probably some football talk, seeing that it's the only thing I ever see on Sports Talk Radio still, even though the season's over. We got things to get into, and I'm looking forward to it, man. Funny guy, funny guy, my guy. Smats the stats, kid. Chew, good to have him back on what is my one-year launch of potting. And Chew's been with me the longest. Wow. Good to have him here this week, Hold celebrating up. an honor of a one-year... Uh... Let me check the notes, oh, see if I got go. the birthdays from last year. Yep. They shouldn't have changed much. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's good to have him here today. We'll get into some MLB, definitely a little NBA talk I got to get into with Chu and his guy LeBron, and certainly wanted to touch on a few of the NFL stories with Chu. I just I just got a quick thing here. If I go back to my notes from last year, this was the day I was talking about college baseball studs, the pitchers, you know, the Jack Lighters, the Kumar Rockers, both of them <laughs> expected to be top five picks this year. And then you look, I also had names like Bryce Jarvis and Asia Lacey. Both of those guys were drafted, so a cool little nugget to look back on. Should be a good one today. Glad to have you here, pal. Right Thanks, now it's pal. time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Sega Straight Talk microphone. It's always direct. Time to reflect. Got some stickers coming soon. Hopefully I can get one for you. You got it for sure. Oh, thanks, Appreciate pal. all love and support, as always. People showing the podcast. You can catch me on my Instagram or Twitter page, at Seggy Station. Got a live version up of the pod on my Twitch. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. And got the podcast out on Spotify, a few other platforms. Always appreciate all the love and support there. Chew. Good to have you back, my guy. Good to be back, sir. Good to get into it here. Let's get into some MLB for sure because you're the baseball guy, and I did want to touch on a few of these topics that I had in the MLB, particularly going now into, hey, man, we got to be getting close, right? Pitchers and catchers reported Mm -hmm. and all that stuff going on. So just give me a little bit of update of what's going on with that, what's going on with opening day, and they're going to have a full season, right? So let these baseball fans know what's good. All right, so we're looking at, like a, like I've said before, a 162-game season again, which is nice. We're still waiting to hear if the DH is going to be in the NL or not. It's kind of a weird situation we've touched on before. Not much has really changed on that end. But like you said, pitchers and catchers reported last week, which is nice to see. The position players are all showing up now this week, too. I've seen a bunch of stuff out of Mets camp with guys showing up. Francisco Lindor uh, with his blue hair. That's a big new thing with the Mets. He's got blue hair you see him he's got blue hair it actually looks sick honestly really looking forward to see what he can do but everyone's you know starting to get back into the swing of things Uh, I think the Mets photo day is today I believe the Reds had theirs yesterday so um, really just starting to ramp things up get back into the swing of things which I'm looking forward to I think games start in four or five days maybe when's opening day Opening day is next month I'm not sure the exact day it's end of March uh, maybe the 30th or something I forget it's always it's getting earlier and earlier every year on a normal year so it's probably like the 30th or something i'll fact check at some point throughout this and then you know let everyone know with an update but looking forward to it obviously i've said it about six times in this segment there's a lot of good stuff to get into um is there gonna be stories i saw there uh atlanta a lot more fans in stands mm-hmm. i think that's great to see getting some people back into the stands seeing sports fans supporting their teams even if it's limited numbers yeah i'm seeing something like 20 percent capacity but that's great honestly it's a step in the right direction it's a start to trying to get back to this normalcy that uh we all want to get back to um i heard mike breen he was talking about it last night which i thought he had a great uh just piece on he said it's going to be so different for him calling games and certainly like the players but even he would take 20% in a heartbeat with what they've had to go through in the last year. And obviously he wants it to be at 100, but, you know, he's willing to wait and, you know, see yeah, how it goes. Yeah, obviously, but, but I'm saying my point is we're seeing it in the NBA. We're seeing it a little bit in the NHL, I believe, as well yep. now, too. MLB, yep. Is the MLB going to have fans? Like, yeah, they it should depends be, on where it's at. It's, yeah, it's outside, be, it's, yeah, like we saw like it in the NHL. Capacity. I think what I saw is they're trying to do it, so you're going to need to show up to the stadium with uh, a COVID test, um, 
results that you're uh, COVID negative, and then you're going to take a rapid test at the stadium to get in, I believe, is what Duke and I were talking about yesterday oh, yeah. we saw. So if that's an option, I think that's great. Uh, it's going to start bringing a little bit of normalcy back to these games we're watching. I know in the NBA they're going to have it too. So oh, there's some exciting things for sure with that. And then, um, I don't know, but there's one big story. I know it came out last week. You've certainly touched on it. I haven't been here, but someone got breaded up, I think. Yes, he sure did. Yes, he did. Fernando Tatis Jr., 14 years, $340 million. If you're listening to us now, I'm sure you've probably already heard it. But it's absolutely incredible to see a 21-year-old kid like this get rewarded so young and get a long contract. It's the longest contract in baseball history at 14 years, which is crazy. But also, you got to think, he's 21 years old, so he's going to be 35 by the time he's finishing it, not 40, 42, like some of these contracts, mega contracts that have become so bad. I know a name that's been around a lot. It's like Albert Pujols, because his contract with the Angels, 10 yep. years, $240 million. And I just got to say this. Uh, people need to stop disrespecting that man, Albert Pujols, so hard. Yeah, he's had a tough tenure in uh, L.A., and it was a huge deal. They haven't won. But what this dude did in St. Louis is absolutely incredible, and he has a chance to go down as the greatest first baseman in baseball history, really. I mean, the only competition he has would be Lou Gehrig, and if you look at the numbers, he's got more home runs, more hits, uh, better defender. So I, the only thing I think he doesn't have is RBIs, but he might get it. We'll have to see. But it's interesting. And then as far as Tatis goes, I did want to get this in because it's very interesting, Seg. Mm -hmm. The structure of his contract. So yeah. it's 14 years, $340 million. This year, 2021, I asked you off air, and I'll have you uh, answer it for the people here. Do you know what he's getting paid this upcoming year? Yeah, well, you told me yesterday, so I'm cheating. But, yeah, it's they stacked it up where it's heavier on the back end, which seems to be smart, mm -hmm. obviously. I yeah. think they're the first franchise to ever have two $300 million yep. guys in Manny Machado as well. So, mm -hmm. um, no, I think it's great for Tatis. I think it's incredible for the league to see him not going to the Yankees, Dodgers. It's nice to teams. see these small market teams, because yeah. that's what San Diego's always been, start, you know, rewarding these guys, these legends. And then that I, could I don't be. know if I agree with it, but I've just been seeing that he's the LeBron James of shortstops, which he wears the same number. He's got some swag, and I think he brings some energy to baseball. Yeah, that and needs. a certain athleticism so like to, to him, like, him a, in the like a young Alex Rodriguez kind of. Yeah, yeah, his swag, I, I do like that, and I do like that for the MLB, um, a sport that tends to bring up I think it's, bad, it's bad, uh, bad argue or you know mm -hmm. bad topics to get into. This mm -hmm. is a good one in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. And if you look at the details for the contract, so he's getting paid one million dollars this year, an absolute steal. Next year, year two, it's going to be five million again, an absolute steal. Year three, seven million. Year four, eleven million. Year five and six is when you start to see a bigger jump. He goes up to twenty million a year, and then years seven and eight. He goes up to $25 million a year. And then the last, what is it, five, six years of his deal, years 9 through 14, he's getting $36 million per year. So it's a really good deal if you look at it for the Padres because, one, they already have, like you mentioned, Machado on the books for, I think, eight more years now at the $300 million contract. But this gives them a lot more room to kind of work with right now, which is great to see. I mean, they do have some big contracts right now. The Will Myers, I think he has a year or two left. He's getting paid a good amount. Hosmer still has like five years left or something crazy, but it sets them up in the long term to be, it, it could be a steal at the end of it. I mean, with the way revenues are going and the contracts people are getting, money keeps getting bigger and bigger. It could, and we could end up looking back on this kind of like a Patrick Mahomes deal they talked about at the end of it. It's a crazy amount of money, but you end up looking back on it. It's like, wow, kind of got him for a steal when you look back 20 years later, which is just crazy to even think about. Yeah. So I was looking and I had it in my post, but it's the... MLB Network's top players by position. It's got Tatis at short, Rendon at third, yep. LeMahieu at second, yep. Freddie Freeman at first, mm -hmm. DeGrom pitcher. Of course. Liam Hendricks. Closer. JG Realmuto. JT Realmuto, yep. Mookie. Mookie, of course. Mike Trout. Yep. And Juan Soto. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, there's some names. You think of like a Ronald Acuna and stuff too, but he's a center fielder. You're not replacing Trout with him. Maybe down the road, who knows? But I think that's pretty fair. Accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Also saw an MLB top five power rankings yeah. in the Mets in the top five. Shout out to you. Shout out to the Mets fans. I mean, it's Curious exciting, if but you... let, me, let me just get into this quick because that kind of shocked me a little bit. I thought top ten for sure. We've had a fantastic offseason all the way from switching ownership 
to bringing in guys like Francisco Lindor and Cookie Carrasco, signing guys like McCann and whatnot, beefing up the bullpen, making some good trades. It's exciting, but still, they need to go out and play the games. We haven't even seen these guys like suit up all together in a game yet, so we have to see how it goes. I'm excited. To see us top five in the power rankings is good, but you can't count your chickens before they hatch. I guess my whole thing with a before-the-season-starts power rankings mm-hmm. is like it'd be based on like how you're looking like at who, rosters. Yeah, who won the offseason and so, compared to who was still great I mean, last year. you got to at least take that into account. Um, I think that's obviously a good look for you guys. And oh, yeah. It is, yeah. The other teams, were, the other teams that were in there know? were ones that you would this be like, yep, those are teams that are probably top five in the MLB. So it definitely, I think, is a good look for, obviously, the Mets. Well, obviously, or I'm sorry, I'll obviously let you get into your Mets, but I did want to touch on this for a second because I saw this uh, this uh, that I had going back a couple weeks now, or probably at least a week, where it gave the – postseason odds for each team yeah so it's got the mets as the best chance in the nls nl uh east 81.2 best in the west obviously is the dodgers at 96.7 padres not too far behind at 92.9 st louis has the best chance in the central in the nl mm-hmm. 36.2 checking the al you got the Yankees 91.6 in the East. The Central is the Twins 65.5. And in the West, it is the Astros at 71.4. You can check out all those on my page at Seggy Station. Wait, one thing. I did, did they need they have to the mention Orioles one thing. Yes, so yeah. I did need to mention something because I saw that and I think that's <laughs> the thing I need to mention. What is the point of having a team show up, play games? Whatever it is, if when you release something like this, you're going to not even give them a 0.1% chance like the rest of the bum squads in your in your league, I think that's absolutely asinine. I think they did go back Doing and that to a point Doing that is crazy. Yeah. Not a good look. And I'm just, I don't know. I think getting into all those is interesting and, and looking at some of those numbers is interesting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Mets being a favorite in their division is is great for you, but a 0.0% chance, if I'm a fan of that team, and I know you said you wanted to go to that stadium, it's like, oh, it looks like you have a good chance of doing that if, you know, no one's going to be there. I mean, um, I think the thing with that is, obviously you got to give them a chance, but you look back last year, yeah, they're a bad team. They're in a rebuild right now. They have some great prospects coming up, and I think they're going to be good in the future, the near future, but... I mean, they had a better record in the shortened season than the Red Sox last year, so you can't count any team out. Over the course of 162, I don't think they're making the playoffs, no, but you can't give them a 0% chance. At least give them a 0.1. I think they did go back and fix it, which is kind of funny to do um, exactly that. And as far as the Mets go, I'm ecstatic to see it, but, you, I mean, the Braves have run our division for a few years now. I think it's kind of disrespectful. Um the knock the Braves have been getting because they've had a very good, quiet, but good offseason too. They re-signed Marcelo Zuna to a four-year deal. They brought in veteran starter Charlie Morton to kind of help anchor that rotation with those young studs they got. They got Soroka coming back from his Achilles injury. And then, I mean, you look at some of those young pitchers, like I mentioned, Soroka coming back. Ian Anderson had a fantastic year last year, especially in the playoffs. He really ramped it up. And Max Fried went 7-0, and so... They got some great pieces there, and I think the Braves are still the team to the favorite in the NLEs. The Mets have made a push to try to close it up a little bit, but until I see the Mets win the division, I can't write the Braves off. I have the Mets winning the wild card. Yeah, so they they did an expansion. Are they doing that again or what? Because I saw that. Uh, what's going on with like the format and the playoffs? You know anything on that? Uh, that's that's something I'm gonna have to look up and get back to everyone on because i haven't really done too much research on that more just kind of excited for everything ramping up seeing how it starts and then we'll get into it but i think the players as far as i know don't really want an expanded playoff because it promotes kind of like what you were talking about before not winning and not putting good teams out on the field it gives a team like the uh, orioles a much better chance to make the playoffs and stuff like that so we'll have to you see got, uh, how it goes any bold predictions real quick on the mlb heading in um Mets definitely making the playoffs. I think the Mets are going to make the playoffs. I think DeGrom's going to win the Cy Young for three and four years. Um, he had a great year last year, but it was just a little short. I think if it was a full season, he would have shown what he's done his whole career and had it go for the full year and would have beat Trevor Bauer out for the Cy. But I think, I guess, if you want to call that a bold prediction, it's not even bold to say the best pitcher in baseball is going to win. But 
I guess my other one will be Pete Alonso over 50 dong shots this year. Nice. Yeah, Always sticking. From Always sticking to the Mets, huh? Yeah, and then I guess, let's see, what else? Can you got play? anything else for baseball to cover here? Actually, yeah, no, I do. I have a, I have a very good story to touch on here. It's uh, Remember the Mets prospect that they traded for uh, Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz, Jared Kelenic? No. So okay, well, this was the guy. Um, he's, he's a very highly touted prospect. It's looking like a bad trade for the Mets at this point. But um, the Mariners president and CEO, Kevin Mather, was just fired the other day for his oh, comments yeah. over a Zoom press conference. Yeah. And uh, it's very glaring, and it's bad for owners and all this, and it's really good for the players, especially with the CBA coming up. He basically admitted to everyone that they offered Jared Kelenic a contract in 2019 after the Mets got him, yeah. and it was a very team-friendly deal where they were trying to, almost like an Acuna-type deal as opposed to a Tatis where you lock him up for cheaper instead of having to spend more money after he starts dominating. And Jared Kelenic turned it down, and they literally told people in the press conference that they basically used it as like a thing. Oh, you're not going to sign it. We're not calling you up yet to manipulate your service time. And this is a big way it works. The day you get called up, your service time clock starts. And when you're in the MLB, you have you know for however many days you're on the roster, you um, you get like a year of service time or whatever. You have seven years of service time. And in some odd cases, it's six. But basically, they'll hold guys back for the first month of the season so they get to keep them for an extra year. So basically, they're screwing over the good players because they want to keep them for cheaper longer. And um, it's been an, it's never been mentioned, but everyone knows it's been a thing in baseball for a while. you got guys like Chris Bryant who came up a couple years ago. Uh, Ronald Acuna actually was one of them who came up a month after the season. Eric Hosmer I mentioned earlier. Eloy Jimenez. All these guys, they're good enough to play in the bigs, but they don't let them yet because they want to manipulate their service time. So this is going to be a huge thing going forward uh, for the fact that he actually admitted this. I know a lot of people in the offices and stuff are going to be pissed at him because it's going to change the way negotiations go moving forward, I think. And then on top of it, he had a bunch of other just bad comments, um, you know, calling certain guys leaders in the clubhouse, like boring and stuff like that, saying he's glad that he doesn't have a Japanese guy on the team anymore so they don't have to pay for an interpreter. Just stupid, ignorant things and all this. So uh, I'm glad this guy got canned. I've seen that, like, throughout his history, he's a douchebag, and kind of we've talked about the old boys club in baseball. So it's good to kind of see him get the kick in the pants and get him out of there. But it's, um, I don't know, it's tough to see. And then the the GM of the team, Jerry Depoto, uh, he basically tried to come out and try to patch things up and make it seem not as bad. And he has a quote that I wrote down and I want to read to everyone and kind of roast it a little bit, but he goes, Basically talking about Kellenic because he hasn't really played that much in the minors, that many at-bats and stuff. But he goes, I'm not sure how you construe a service time manipulation with a 21-year-old player who has played 21 games above A-ball and doesn't have 800 plate appearances as a professional. That would be unprecedented, uh, an unprecedented run to the big leagues that we haven't seen in three decades. That was Jerry Depoto the other day. Well, Jerry Depoto, I would like to interest... or. Um, I would like to tell you about a certain left fielder that we talked about earlier ranked the best in baseball, Juan Soto. He had 512 plate appearances in the minors and 35 plate appearances above A-ball. He made his MLB debut at 19 and had one of the greatest teenage seasons of all time. He was a World Series champ at age 20 and he won batting title and a silver slugger this year at age 21. So in other words, shut up. If you have a superstar that can play, you play the dude. You're going to make him much happier if you call him up and show that you trust him and put him in that lineup. He's going to be more willing to probably sign a long-term extension with you at some point. But to do it this way, it's just ridiculous. And I'm glad that the news kind of came out about this because it can kind of change the way things go moving forward. And Kellenick's pissed. And um, I'm one of those Met fans that's still a little upset. We're never going to get him back. But maybe, who knows, in seven years he comes back to the Mets. Uh, yeah, so some interesting stories in the MLB. Thanks for sharing those with me, Chu. Mm -hmm. um, I did have a couple of random... What? Who's that guy who's coming back off an 81 suspension, uh, eighty-one game suspension for domestic violence for the Yankees? Domingo Herman. Yeah, so I heard he had a statement out there. Um, I wanted to touch on that quick. I also told you, hey man, these Dodgers, how many games are they going to win? I saw they were slated to win a... Four point five, which is the highest total heading into a season since the ninety nine Yankees. Yeah, oh my god. Um, is that good for your sport? I'm not sure. 
watch out for the Padres and what they're doing. Same division, that's tough. Um, but that takes up a couple of playoff spots, right? So my whole knock on baseball and playing that many games is look at those standings that I got up of the projections of them making the playoffs. I mean, what teams are going to be in the playoffs? The same ones we usually see, right? The same teams that are a little bit loaded up. Potentially now the Mets getting into the conversation. But you're going to see the same squads up in there at the end, particularly in baseball. We're going to have them play 162 games. I don't think 60 is the move. But maybe heading somewhere into the middle, maybe cutting it a little bit, makes it where, I don't know, at least it's you don't have to have these guys playing that many fucking games to get to what we all want to see at the end anyways, which is the same elite teams there fighting in the playoffs. It's just tough for me with how many games they play. And then looking just at those standings, I'm just curious. Like, bro, we all think, right, the Yankees are the best team in the AL. Like, are they not uh, like an automatic lock to make the playoffs? Like, are the Dodgers not an automatic lock to make the playoffs? Are there a few other teams in the MLB that you can probably say are locks to make the playoffs? Why are they playing that many games? I I just don't understand that. I mean – I don't know. Well, That's just my always, take on it. Baseball's always been a game that you go out and play every day. You go back and look at history. Even when Babe Ruth was playing, they were playing 154 games. So it's always been a very long season, and more teams make the playoffs now than they made in the past. Certainly, you look throughout history, you are always going to have those dominant teams. Um, in any sport, but really, I mean, in baseball, you go back and look throughout history. Good teams with good cores make the playoffs a lot, especially with have playoffs being expanded over the years. Um with that being said, there are there were a handful of teams in the playoffs last year that haven't been to the playoffs in a long time. You look at the Padres. Yeah, but it was expanded, wasn't it? Yeah, but also these teams are still pretty good and on pace to, you know, probably make yeah. the playoffs and they're projected to make it again. The White Sox hadn't been there in a long time. The Rays, they've been there a few times, but it's always an exciting team because it's usually new faces and no-name guys. Uh, you mentioned my Mets. Uh, the Marlins made the playoffs for the first time since, like, 2003. So... With the expanded playoffs, different teams can make it. We'll see. You're always going to have those superstar teams making the playoffs, but when you get to a seven-game series, anything can happen, you know? Um, that's why you play the game, so. True. And I'm not saying that's not the case, and I've seen upsets in baseball. But what I am saying is, is that not too many games to get to that point? Like, I don't know. It just doesn't It doesn't really seem like that's that's a good idea, like to have that many games when you just came off of, like, obviously a shortened season due to the pandemic but like to me it worked a little bit better and I was a little bit more into baseball as like not a fan of baseball as much I think that's what baseball is trying to do right like get more fans and I hear all this shit about baseball trying to get more fans we talked about dead in the baseball and they talked about all the stuff they're trying to do like bro a turnoff for me is the fact that they're playing 162 games to get to a playoff format that to me you're gonna have teams that I just told you are automatically gonna be there like, there, there's no shot they don't make the playoffs. When you look at the NFL, when you look at the NBA, like, yeah, there's a few teams that you can be like, yeah, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. But, like, I feel like in baseball, with that many games, with that many teams that I could say, yeah, they're probably going to make the playoffs, why are you playing that many games? That's just, I don't know. I, I feel like it'd be more intriguing to have less games, maybe a bigger tournament, like they did. Like, they had more, t- they had more teams in last year. I know you weren't a fan of that. But, like, I think that's more intriguing and gives more teams a chance to like do something come postseason time than doing just like a normal what do they do 10 teams like think about that I can name five right now that are guaranteed locks to make the playoffs in the MLB so now you got five open spots in the playoffs for 162 games like I don't know man like to me that's just not good like why am I even watching like why what does even matter like let's just get to the end of the season so these teams can be there you have your five others like, I, I don't know. Because baseball is such a – trying to, like, break it down in a sense. I know what you're saying. I completely understand as a – And I'm not saying they should be no, 60 go, games. No, I know. Like, I know they could do, that. like, 120. I think, I think like, that'd be straight. Even then, no. The, uh, but, like, what? No, 120. Cutting 40 games is, like, back to the that big a deal? That they used to or in baseball, baseball is such a it, – it's different than any other sport, in my opinion, with the numbers. They are cherished more than any other sport, I feel like. You know, Babe Ruth's home run records, all this, hits, all that. It's such a thing that I feel like the true fans of it are the ones who are going to be, you know, dissuaded by it. But I don't know. I think baseball is a game you go out, you play every single day. Um, It's the way it's always been. 
162, maybe it's too much, cut it back to 154, what it used to be back in the day. But you need to go out, you need to play, play these games. And I, I don't know, I just don't, I think a 60-game season, then you end up getting teams like, I don't know, you had the Brewers in the playoffs last year who were a horrible team, didn't do anything good, didn't even have it spend a day over 500. Yeah, but the, the playoffs, playoffs were expanded, clapped. bro. Yeah, and they get absolutely clapped in the first round. If the playoffs weren't expanded and you did a 60-game season, would that not be the same case? Would you not have those same five-lock teams in the playoffs? No. I mean, you never know because you look at the Marlins. They got hot for 60 games this year and made the playoffs. They would have locked up a wild card. So you never know. It's a 60-game short stretch. Any team can get hot for two months. That's the thing about baseball. It's one of the longest like sports you start in april and you finish in october if all goes well so yeah yeah it's one of those things any you know i don't know i see your viewpoint on it i just as a traditionalist kind of i i don't like it i wouldn't mind a certain expanded playoffs not 16 like we had last year where so many teams it's not even about that for me it's just about bro why do i have to wait from the beginning of april to october to see like i don't know it just seems like well, that's that, see, that's your opinion as a baseball fan where you're at because you have to wait until October. I get to enjoy until October. That's the way I view it. I just see that. Yeah, but, like, that's the thing. You end up watching baseball for literally, what, six or seven months to get to that point and turn into a fucking bot? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. It's just not... All the games are on from, what, 1 o'clock in the day till fucking 10 or 11 at night? Like, baseball is the watch, only like, sport. I only watch the Mets. Like, yeah, no, I'm not, no I know. I'm just saying, like, baseball is the only sport that, like, runs like that, bro. It's just, like, saturated, in my opinion. Like, it's just like, bro, what? Like, it's the only thing going on, really. Like, with the, until the NBA cuts off. Like, NFL is not on. You can get some NHL and golf tournaments. Like, there's other shit to watch. So, it's like... Why not try and make it as interesting as possible? To me, that just makes it as less interesting as all I things I think the way doing. to make it more interesting is less of trying to adapt the game like that and get the clowns like Manfred and people who don't know how to promote the game and actually get people in, to enjoy it out of there. Yeah, that's probably. That's another conversation. Yeah, probably. You know, talked about getting guys like Ken Griffey Jr. in there to try to bring some excitement and fun back into it. We'll see what happens. It's just... It's in a tough spot right now, for sure. I mean, I'm not gonna lie about baseball. My whole po- but- here's my thing. Let me let me just say, let me just say this real quick. Your favorite baseball player on the Mets is your pitcher Jacob Degrom, right? God forbid he goes out for a, a, a like a whole season injury or whatever it is. It to me, it's like the team playing that many games is hurt so much more because of how many games you play. Mm-hmm. It's just an absolute wasted season. Like, if that happened tomorrow and they said Jacob DeGrom's done for the year, how would you feel as a Mets fan just how many games you have to play to get to a point? Like, it's just, that's the thing with me with baseball because we see that stuff in other sports where guys go down and it's like, damn, the season goes by way quicker. And it's like, yeah, they miss the whole season. It doesn't seem to hurt as bad. The team that ends up losing their superstar for a whole season in baseball, to me, is just, it's an absolute wasted season. And we're talking about long periods of time in which these guys are going out playing, like you said, every single day for what? When also you have other teams slated with a 0.0% chance in your in your league. Like, I, I just don't get that. 162 games you're making all these guys play and you're telling me that they have a 0% chance to make the playoffs? I, I just why, not, why not just fit? I don't know. I, I I'm not trying to be this. like a fucking dick about no, this. No, I get it. Yeah, but like, you're... I, I'm trying to like baseball more. Like, I really am. I know but, like, this is the type of shit with baseball with me where I'm just like, dude, I don't understand it. Like, I'm yeah. a sports guy. And, like, well, I think I'm just trying tough. to let think. Me, let me get into this, too. Because you said, like... A team that traded, like, the Rockies. Traded fucking, what, Nolan Arenado. Like, what are they going to be doing this year? Nothing? They have to play 162 games? Yeah, that's like, bullshit. That's crazy. The Indians? Yeah, teams like, that do that. That's crazy. But there's there's only a... There's a How many games teams. are they going to win this year? 30? Like what's the set a record for the least? It's just 1962 Mets. I don't know, man. And I'm not trying like that. I'm not trying to be a devil down. No, I just want to get into one thing. I think it's tough because, I mean, you asked me favorite Met. If Jacob Degrom went down, he is the best pitcher in baseball. If you have the best player in baseball go down, anyone obviously it's gonna hurt. Take him out of it. Take him out of it. Go to the best team on any any MLB team. Take the best player on that team. And if they go down for a season-ending injury, 162 games. Mm-hmm. What does that do to the franchise? Right, that, right at that moment, oh, like it's it's, it could it's be soul devastating. Crushing. It could be so crushing. It is absolutely devastating. Yeah. and you have to play every single day, like you mentioned. 
games in which, bro, like what? Like I just let me. I think the thing is, if you get cut it a little bit, you're talking about like the home runs. Go ahead. You lose Mike Trout for a full season. You lose a Mookie Betts for a full season. We lose Lindor for a full season. We're absolutely fucked, right? Like these are superstar guys that go out and play 162 games. They're going to hit 300. They're going to hit 30 to 40 tanks. They're going to go off. That's really going to hurt you. A pitcher, a stud pitcher, obviously that's going to kill you too. But they're playing 30, 32 games as opposed to you have to fill in 32 more games as opposed to 162. So it's a, obviously it's still soul crushing. My only thing, stud, my only thing with your argument towards like it's about the traditionist, the stats, yeah, 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 the yeah. long game. The whole thing with that for me is, bro, the stats, the things that are involved with baseball are constantly sh- like shit on because of what? The steroid era, because of cheat, like bullshit, because of cheat. Like, if that's going to be the, the talk, why why are they why are they all fucking hyped about keeping that like the thing, like the stats? Like, you know, they're not going to be the same. Like you even said when we talked about MLB all this past season, how tough it was to even look at some of this stuff. Cause it's yeah. so warped. I know, yeah. It's, it's weird. so warped. It's weird, yeah. So, yeah, like it would be different. No kidding. But w- isn't it warped with having that many games? Like, isn't some of these stats that we see in baseball warped because of the fact that they played that many baseball games to get to the, some of those stats? Like, it, it, you w- imagine LeBron James has a hundred games a year or whatever it is. Like any of those athletes. Like, it's just to me. That's where I see like the stats are warped on that end because you play so many games. So looking at some of the baseball stuff is tough to do. Even though you see some incredible stats, like the one you sent me on Mike Trout, like the yeah, yeah. all the different things. That's incredible. But like to me, you don't get to that because of how many games he's played thus far in his career because of how many games they actually play. So when you think about it like that, it's like you can look at it from both ways from like, damn, they play a lot of games to get to all these stats that are talked about, it does seem to warp it in that sense too. I think it's, well, it depends because they've always played, this was such a astronomical difference of a season. Uh, before this, the shortest season they had ever had was 110 games in the strike-shortened season of 1994. Yeah. Um, but this one was 60. This was literally like half that. So with baseball too, you look at, you go to basketball reference, uh, you know, it's all per game averages with baseball, it's counting. It just, it jumps out. It's different, but they've always played at least 130, 140 games. And to play less than half that, I think, is crazy. If you want to cut it down to, like, 130 or something like that, I I guess I would be okay with that. That's still a shit ton of baseball games. I'd be happy with that. And if that's going to bring more people into it to do it. But to cut it down that long, you're going to end up shortening the season so long. Even, like, even that for me would be better than what are they doing, 162? I just think this is, I, think, I just think it's an interesting conversation to have with it baseball. Is, and is. I think them always trying to attract people to the game is a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not that baseball isn't good. I just think it's so damn fucking long, bro. And it's like, unless you're a fucking guy like you that lives and breathes baseball, which I totally respect, bro, it's like, damn, how is it for me where I'm like, I have to fucking tune in day one, which is great. Like, the opening day ceremonies and all that is great with baseball. I love that. Like, I used to love that with Little League. I used to be a baseball guy. Like, people act like I fucking hate baseball. Bro, I'm like, not a big baseball fan, but I used to love it. I used to love, I used to watch so much baseball. And I'm trying to, like, get back into that sense. And it's just like, when I think of these things coming up in baseball, just so tough for me. I don't know. I think it's a good conversation. Glad we had it. We had a good conversation in baseball i did have a bunch of reads to get through today so what i'm gonna do is take a break here we'll come on back get through these reads and i'm gonna get into some a little bit of this nba talk with you and definitely wanted to know about some of these other stories as well in sports much love to my dude smats be right back in a safe station Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Sega Station is brought to you by Callie's Love, a man's best friend is a dog. Shout out to Rescue Mutt to many, but life's a pain to me. To me, not to promote true home happiness in a household, but I love companion of a pet. Especially at a time like this, get yourself a little pet friend like mine at your local animal shelter, pound and nursery. Save their life and they just might save yours. Shout out to Bobby Smurda. Made it out of jail, baby. 
COVID-19 vaccine doses. Chew could be available to every American who wants one this summer. Mike Tomlin, he's got minimal symptoms and working virtually after a positive test. People are still testing positive. Be safe out there. Wash your hands and your butt. Eagles planning to release Alshon Jeffrey. Tough one for my guy Dukes. Hopefully get him back around. Devontae Smith prefers Mac Jones over Tua, Chew. Who do you got, Mac Jones or Tua? I don't know. That's tough. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. People were tanking for Tua. Like, no shit you're going to say this, Mac Jones. Or, I'm sorry, Devontae Smith about Mac Jones. He was throwing it to you every time. I I don't think Mac Jones is going to be as good as Tua. And I know Tua didn't perform as well as I would have thought, but I think Tua will be better than Mac Jones. Second half of the NBA schedule release begins March 10th, concludes May 16th. Also going to have a play-in tournament in the NBA. Should be fire to check out the back half of the NBA season. Shout out to Calvin Cheeks. His last name is Cheek, but I'm going to call him Cheeks on this one. On Sunday, the NEC Junior became the fourth player in NCAA history to record 400-plus steals in his career. Go Grim. Shout out Dukes. NEC Calvin Cheek, 400 career steals, fourth all-time in NCAA history. That's pretty sweet. You want to know the craziest thing? What's good? He's a junior. That's what I said, junior. Oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Wild. Michael Pittman Jr. won't give up number 11 for Wentz. Quote, I told Wentz I'm pretty locked into number 11, raising some controversy already in Indy. Going to get into that in a second with Chew. Fans to return to New Jersey-based teams. Giants, 15%. All... Devils, Knicks had fans the other night at 10% capacity. Great to see fans somewhat limited, obviously, back in the stands. Big Ben is apparently returning to the Steelers. I think that's a tough move. Boone says, quote, it's safe to say Jared Cole will be our opening day starter. Hmm, you think? Pau Gasol playing in the Barcelona League back in the Euro. Devin Booker selected to an all-star team. 4AD should have been in there before him. Titans, Packers, Bills are front-runners to sign J.J. Watt. Raiders considered a dark horse. In other news of the Raiders, they're planning to bring back Derek Carr and likely trade Marcus Mariona. A movie based on the emergency Zamboni driver backup goalie David Ayers is in the works at Disney. I'm not a big movie guy, but I'll probably check that out. The best movie coming out is Coming to America 2. March, streaming live, Prime Video. Anybody that has Prime Video needs to hit me up. I need to see that movie. Teddy Bridgewater unfollowed the Panthers on social media. And the Utah Jazz are legit. They started 4-4, four and four, and they're now 26-6. and six, Best record in the NBA. Sheesh. Anybody sleeping on the Utah Jazz need to chill out after blowing out the Lakers last night. And I get it. No Anthony Davis, no Dennis Schroeder. Utah Jazz yeah, are the best team in the though. NBA. Yeah, they're playing best amazing. team in the NBA. Yeah. Need to get into it a little bit with Chew. Tune it back in. Next segment here. Appreciate all love and support as always. Much love to my guy Chew coming through this week. Wanted to get into a little bit of the NBA with Chew, particularly his guy LeBron James. And let's just let's just be real here for a second, Chew. LeBron James, he might be the greatest basketball player of all time. I think it's going to be up for debate because I think when he hangs it up, then we can really get into that discussion. But what he's currently doing right now, what I hear from a lot of people, is that he might have already passed him. There's just tons of debate to always get into with that. But he's obviously doing incredible stuff in his 18th year. Here's a ridiculous stat for you, though. I told Rich this the other day. I need to repeat it to you, though. This calendar month, LeBron James is leading the NBA in minutes in the NBA. When's the last time he did that, Chew? Um, didn't he lead the league in minutes for two years, his last two years as a Cav? The last time he did it was in 2006. So if that's his last two years with the Cavs, then maybe no, you're for, correct. For a mo- oh, for a month. Calendar month. He, he led for the um, Calendar the month in the NBA, leading the league in minutes. Right now he's third in minutes, right behind Julius Randle and Fred Van Vliet, two guys that are about 15 years younger than him. Yeah. The Lakers are on a four-game losing streak, and they're spiraling pretty quick. Hopefully they can get Dennis Schroeder back, but obviously the loss of Anthony Davis is not great. Which, by the way, Anthony Davis made an all-star team ahead of Devin Booker, and then Devin Booker got now selected for the all-star team a day later. Stupid. So stupid by the NBA. 
Can't believe that happened. Devin Booker should have been in before him. Why didn't they figure it out that Anthony Davis obviously wasn't going to play? And if they're that close, he shouldn't have been on the team. Like, it's just so dumb. Like, I think it's just a knock on Devin Booker, a guy that should be there. You know Anthony Davis, who was having a down year, in my opinion, anyways, who was hurt and wasn't going to play in the game. Like, stupid. Anyways, Chew, I just want to know. Is LeBron James' minutes need to get managed a little bit here? Does he need to sit some time out? And I was talking to Dukes the other day, and I know they're having this All-Star game. I know LeBron James is making an NBA history 17 straight All-Star game. But does he need to not play? Like, does he need to sit this one out and take some rest? I think that's a valid point. Does he need to potentially manage some of his minutes and some of his playing time, which he's talked about he doesn't want to do? I think he might have to because what's the point of burning out when you're losing these games anyways to teams that are clearly better than you? And once you get some of your guys back, you want to burn a little more, that's fine. But when I go and look at some of these shooting numbers over the past five, six games for LeBron James, not great. And I think fatigue has to do something with this. I know people are knocking on him, but I think this is fatigue. And people need to realize, man, this dude goes in all out every single night. Hasn't missed any games really this year. Coming off, 71 off season. I mean, this is off an NBA championship. This is incredible stuff. But I think it has to be considered here. Yeah. And it's an interesting conversation to have with what the Lakers are now doing, sliding a little bit in a really packed Western Conference standings. I think it's interesting because the Lakers obviously have been losing, not playing very well recently, and he's playing all these minutes. Um, if they were winning, I don't think it would be as much of a problem. The fact that they're losing, I mean, I was just looking at the standings. They are tight. They're in tied for third right now, but what, it's a couple games between that and the eighth spot, so it's, you got to be careful with it. He's in uncharted territory because we've never really seen a basketball player like him do it this long, this many minutes, and continue to play so hard, but it's also, if there's one player in the league to, you know, kind of believe could do this, it would be LeBron, but you raised some really good points. I mean, is it worth trying to do all this? I mean, I think they could hold their head above water still with him cutting his minutes back until they get some of their big guns back, but I don't know. It's tough to see. It's certainly tough to see. I think He's the, the only player to score 35,000 career points in NBA history with 9,000 career assists and 9,000 career rebounds. rebounds. Yeah. He's third all-time in points. He's behind Karl Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The biggest question for me is, is he going to get to that? Yeah. Something that he's trying to do? I think he will. The biggest question for me is, hey, man, can he win an MVP that he's talked about leading now heading into this mm. season? The oldest player to do so. And in my opinion, he was right there leading that thing for a long time. He's not there anymore. He's right there top maybe three, four, five. But there's a yeah. lot of guys scraping right up. And if he can't turn it around real quick and his minutes are still up, what is he even doing? Like, is he chasing the MVP? Or is he chasing the standings? Bro, as long as you make the playoffs, I think Rich makes a good point. And I think home field or home court advantage and all this stuff in sports will be a little bit more of a factor than people are going to give credit for with fans returning to the stands. I've been hearing a lot of people say, oh, it won't really be as much of a factor in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, well, they're allowing fans now. And you're going to be allowing more fans then. And I've been hearing, watching games with fans with 2,000 plus people, and it sounds like that place is jam-packed. So I think it is a factor. I think it is going to matter. I think things will be kind of creeping into LeBron James' thoughts of, you know, heading into the season, second half, in that aspect. All these things kind of come up. What is most important? What is the priority? For LeBron James, for the Lakers, minutes-wise for LeBron James, I think these are all good questions. With them I now on a four-game losing streak, losing five of six, no Anthony Davis for at least the next two, three weeks, it ain't going to get much easier with them having, now in the second uh, half of the NBA schedule, fourth toughest recording yeah. to ESPN FBI. Not great. Yeah, it's they're really going to have to take a look um, in the mirror, I think, and figure out, what the plan is because when you get those guys back they're going to be able to make the playoffs and take it from there and once you get LeBron into a seven game series it's you know he's the best player on the floor so that's the big thing they're going to have to look and really decide I mean I know he wants the MVP he's been slighted on MVPs plenty of times in the past and he wants to win one at this age um, but we'll have to see I mean they got to look at the big picture here which is adding another ring adding another banner to the Staples Center so interesting questions you brought up. I wish True. I could answer, you know? True. Big LeBron guy. I think LeBron is 
gonna need to turn around here oh, pretty quick. If he wants to be in the well, MVP scenario, talks, if the Lakers want to be season. higher in the standings, because there's some yeah. really good teams out last west. Year, but remember, before the season shut down last year, he was making that push for the MVP. It got shut down. It's all narrative, such short things. He should have won it last year. Hey, yeah, I agree with you, but Giannis also had a fantastic it, season. But it's for all sure. narrative based. If he turns it around and has a hot four or five games in a row and they win, then all of a sudden the narrative has changed. So we have to. We'll see, we but I think what Joel Embiid and doing, Jokic, some of these guys are doing, bro, it's tough. I know. It's tough to stay up there when he's going out there and doing what he's doing over the I past think, five oh, games. Oh, I agree. I think if he's able to turn it around, though, and they start uh, winning a few games, I think it's almost – doesn't it almost seem this year that it's LeBron's award to lose as opposed to previous years where – Yeah, but that's my whole point, yeah. bro, is he got the opportunity that he kind of needed here, which was, you know, he's he going to take over around, the yeah. take over the squad yeah. for here a second, and it's not going great. Mm. And he's not playing his best. He's yeah. shooting his worst percentage of the season. Exactly. They're yeah. putting up lowest points of the season. You're getting smacked but if he by some around, teams. It's his MVP to lose, so I think it's he's got more leniency than he certainly has had in other years. True, if you understand that. Yeah, I just need to get what through a couple that. other quick things in the real quick, and then we'll get into a couple NFL stats or conversations. I'm sorry, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, so the Celtics aren't currently in the playoffs. Yeah, and Duke was over here yesterday, and I need to. I can't wait for Duke to hopefully come through because I need to tell him this. Like, bro, you're gonna need the play-in tournament potentially. Like they're. They're the 10th seed right now, and it's not going great. And I do think the expanded playoff setup with the NBA is very intriguing. Um, I don't want to take too much time right now and, and go into the logistics of it, but I will for the podcast sake at some point. Just curious if you're interested in that, if you think that provides a little bit of intrigue to the NBA, just in terms of the back end of the standings heading into the playoffs with what they're calling a play-in tournament. And realistically, just my whole take on it is when I'm looking at the standings, yeah, obviously the, the meter is eight deep and you see the meter eight deep. But to me now, it's expanded two more deep and it looks pretty cool when you look at 10 deep in the standings and how the NBA has it set up. So just curious, real take, or I'm sorry, real quick on your take of the NBA expanding playoffs, second half of the NBA schedule things going forward with the NBA. Yeah, you know what I kind of find funny about this is I am intrigued. I think it's a pretty cool concept. But, you know, when we're talking about baseball and maybe expanded play stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I don't know because you know how I love baseball. But I view basketball in a different lens. I enjoy it. It's not kind of like similar to you with baseball but different because it's not as there's not as many negatives in basketball and stuff and I enjoy it. But it's kind of funny. I see this and I'm I'm intrigued, you know. I'm like, dude, this would be a lot of fun to watch some play-in games, stuff like that. It sets up that kind of AAU yeah. March Madness exactly. feel for me That's in what the I'm NBA, saying. which mm -hmm. is sweet. And then and like wild card playoff game, yeah, I think it's intriguing. But it's, I get I just like, find I it funny Duke's more point. so. About I hope my he comes thing. by and kind of says that. Yeah, because I do get Duke's point in that sense. But I then also would argue right back saying, bro, it's my whole thing with the thing I was just arguing earlier before the break in baseball, which is. You're given these teams that are hor like I was looking at it last night. Like the Timberwolves, they're probably out, right? Yeah. But like even like the Pistons, like they're nine and twenty three right now. Not much to play for, but a little more to play for considering they can make a run and get to that ten seed. Not saying that's gonna happen, but more of a possibility because they don't have to go all the way to eight. Right now, their season would be torched. If there wasn't does, that 10 does, scene open, it does promote keeps going out more and games, every night. Yeah. Keeps See, the that, comp I, that competition respect, hopefully yeah. a little higher. I do think that's a good thing for the NBA. Um, no, and I do like that. I'm also thinking about it in the baseball ends, and I do see it like that, but it's a little different because, you know, there's a certain there's a salary cap in basketball, correct? And there's, you know, certain yeah. certain restrictions and whatnot. It's different with baseball with no salary floor, kind of, and then teams are able to just kind of tank like that. At least with, I don't know, I kind of like this in basketball a lot more, for sure. Yeah, agreed. Baseball's got its whole other problems. We NBA has been fire, for sure. NCAA mm -hmm. hoops coming up. You got yep. March Madness and that, so yeah. I think that'll be sweet. I'm kind of mad at myself. I have not been paying too much attention to college hoops this year. I haven't been able to get as into it as some of the other sports. I'll tell stuff, you, so. if you're not doing anything on Saturday, like in the morning, which is like nine, you wake up, you get your coffee, you... Mm -hmm. Turn on ESPN. You got all the college hoop coverage. Yeah, Jay Billis, Greenberg. On, like, and twelve o'clock, they start ripping Mac. Saturday's been a college basketball day for me. Nice. I've been I've been uh I'm not as good as some of these others, but I think the bracket's gonna be tough. But I'm ready for it. And then obviously with the NBA hoop season here taking a pause in ten days for the break, four or five days with the All Star game in between single 
slated game March 7th with all the festivities. Should be interesting. Hopefully we'll catch up before then or after that and talk about all that. But I did want to get into a couple topics in the NFL before we get out of here. Uh, Particularly, first with some of the QB carousel. And you haven't been around since Carson Wentz went, uh, went to the Indy. And I saw that they now are having the fourth best odds to come out of the AFC. I think that's... I think that's a little high. I look at what happened last year, and they were really right there against a Bills squad that we all thought was going to be, you know, potentially playing in the Super Bowl. At least I did. Um, they were toe to toe with that team with Philip Rivers, which, by the way, he retired, and everyone says he was washed three years ago. I was a Philip Rivers guy. I thought Philip Rivers was going to take them to win the division and make the playoffs. They didn't win the division. They made the playoffs. They were eleven and five. All these question marks around Carson Wentz for me, that division, that conference, is Carson Wentz going to be able to be 11-5 and this season for the Indianapolis Colts? What Phillip Rivers did just last season, a guy who was washed and retired now? I think it's really interesting. I don't think he can. I'm not saying Carson Wentz might not be better than he was in Philly. I think he will. I think Carson Wentz is damaged goods in some sense, but I think he could potentially be better than he was in Philly, which was not great this past year, obviously. But I think he can be better than that with what he's shown in Philly before with Frank Wright, with a lot of these weapons, and a better Colts defense, better roster all around, head to toe. But I don't know if he'll be 11-5. and I don't know if he'll do what Phillip Rivers did last year, which was quietly be like a top 10 QB in the league, in my opinion, washed and now retired. So I know you're not a big Phillip Rivers guy, but... He did do things last year that had the Colts at 11 and 5 and in the playoffs competing against the Buffalo Bills in that wild card game head to toe. Can Carson Wentz do that? Do you think this is a good move for the Colts? I think this is a great move for Carson Wentz, a guy that needs to obviously resurrect his career. But for the Colts, for the Vegas odds, fourth best uh, team to come out of the AFC, do you think the Colts are legit? I do like this move for the Colts, honestly. Uh, You look back at Carson Wentz's amazing 2017 that got him this big contract, and like you mentioned, Frank Reich was his OC. Um, I think it's a good move. I think it's damaged goods in a sense that, yeah, he hasn't played well recently, but he's had moments of it. Um, But I think the, the attitude around Philly just became so negative that... Giving him a chance to restart and start fresh, I think, is big. Um, it's interesting, the whole uh, number controversy with number 11. Controversy, if you will. Um, yep. I just think it's funny. I think it's something where he's just got to pick a different number right away. And just, you know, you don't want anything else added to, like, what people may think, whether they know you or don't know you. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting thing. But I, you look at that Colts team, right? So if he can play better than he's played recently, but what we know he can do, not his MVP almost season, but if he can play... What we know Carson Wentz can do and has done in the past, they have a great run game with Jonathan Taylor. They got some good receivers. They got some good tight ends. That defense is great. And that offensive line, correct me if I'm wrong, is a lot better than Philly's. So if he's not getting sacked as much, it could be a good thing. And I think, I mean, we've seen it. We've all seen it. That dude has talent, and he showed it in the past. If he could spark any of that in Indy, I think I certainly think they could make a push. That's a good organization there. What's going on in Philly? I don't know. I am really... Interesting, yeah. It's I feel bad for Dukes right now. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's uh, I really. That's probably why I just want to come over because he knows that I'm gonna fucking go in on him <laughs> straight up. Like the fucking Eagles, man. They're selling right now. Yeah. It's uh, the whole thing on number eleven. Are you your inner out on him giving over the number, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Why does he have to give up his number? Yeah, I agree. But here's the whole thing. It sets up for me now, where. This happened for Tom Brady, and it becomes something that these QBs think they can do. And here's what I'll give Tom Brady his due. You're Tom Brady. You go to a new team. You're getting your number. Like, because of what you've done in your cliche. I'll talk about how he's gotten there plenty of times, right? you still done it. So, he can do something like that. Carson Wentz, coming off the season he did last year. 
in all the locker room issues that he's reportedly caused in Philly. The reports of him not talking to his head coach for 8, 9, 10 weeks. This man coming to Indy, coming at Michael Pittman Jr., who might have had the best rookie season for the Indianapolis Colts we've seen in what, a decade? What about Jonathan Taylor? Trying to say, hey man, that's my number? Mm. Bro, you ain't Brady. And here's another thing. Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, maybe some of those guys could too. But not too many other guys, QBs, that everyone's like, oh, you go to, you're a star QB, you go to the new new team, you should get your number. That is not the fucking case. Yeah. That is, I disagree with that completely. Yeah. I want to get into this a little bit too because I did uh, read a good article on the Tom Brady number thing. And so obviously he has the TB12 method and he's got, he's branded it, franchised it, whatever. Um, and so it's become a part of him, number 12, Tom Brady. But when he went there, he knew that Chris Godwin loved number 12. And he talked to him about it, and Chris Godwin was like, I don't know, I kind of love it and stuff too. And he's like, all right, cool, no problem, I'll wear seven. No problem, I'll switch. Tom Brady was 100% ready to switch to number seven. And then Godwin, obviously, it's like, bro, that's Tom Brady. I'm Chris Godwin. Like, I've, you know, made a Pro Bowl, but not as many as he has in rings. And, you know, give him what he wants, he's going to help us do what we want. And that's the thing, like you mentioned, obviously. Brady's, you know, done it, all that. And I thought that was an interesting story because when you look into it, it's like, oh, it's kind of douchey him taking his number. But then you read into it and it's like, no, I'll, I'll wear number seven. No problem. If you cool, if you want 12, I get it. But he's like, nah, bro, you're Tom Brady. The whole Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman thing, it's like, just, you don't need to add fuel to the fire of what people talk about you. So just, you know, and I'm sure that's what he's thinking too. And it's more media and us, you know, blowing it out of proportion. He's probably going to show up with a different number and hopefully ball out. Probably. Just real quick. I got two or three more topics here in the NFL and then we'll be out. Um, I did think it was a good move, though, for them to get a quarterback in the Colts because you got Brissett, who's a free agent, and Jacob Eason, who's a 2021 fourth rounder, which, by the way, we remember when he got drafted, uh, there was a whole thing going on with him on on social media. So, yeah, I don't know. But here's the the, the best thing with me right now with the NFL is obviously the offseasons and the, in the mm-hmm. and you said it a little bit, and I get it's overblown with the sports talk, but it is good conversation because it is – happening at a rapid rate. I mean, you got Big Ben returning to the Steelers, something to talk about. We're still waiting on Drew Brees' announcement. Still waiting on what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, that's been taking over a lot of the headlines. You got Russell Wilson out here causing a lot of drama, which I'm sure you might have something to say about. Jimmy G, who was potentially in the thing, but now you got John Lynch saying, oh, man, Jimmy G, he's our guy. But we all saw what happened with Jared Goff and the situation with Les Miles, when he said that, or whatever the fuck his name is, the GM fucking weirdo for the Rams. There's a lot that's going on with the QB conversations. There's a lot that we're still waiting to hear. When you put all that into perspective, and all that we'll probably have to cover, or I'll have to cover, or whatever it is when it goes down, it is good stuff to kind of get into. I did just see all that, and then think the Russell Wilson stuff going on. It's basically, for me, I don't see... I think Big Ben should have retired. I think Drew Brees is probably done. I think Russell Wilson should be on the Seahawks. Aaron Rodgers should be on the Packers. Niners will probably stick to Jimmy G, like they said. And realistically, you're going to have a couple other teams scrambling because you got other teams that need quarterbacks. Do you see as much movement as was actually predicted with five, six guys projected to come out of this mock draft, which, by the way, Mel Kuyper put out his 2.0, and he put, for the first time, trades in his mock draft. Yeah, And he's got six in the top 15. It's interesting. I like that. So, if that happens, with all the stuff surrounding Deshaun Watson and what's the move with that, I mean, there's some stuff to be had here with the offseason activities, also with the dreaded, tag on Dak Prescott what's going on with the Cowboys as well lots of conversations to touch on any in particular you have a comment on there's a lot there's a lot of off-season movement but I guess to say you have about I'll give you two minutes or a minute to comment on any of those Russell Wilson, you think he's going to be with the Seahawks? I hope he stays with the Seahawks, honestly. I mean, he's the best player they've ever had in their franchise's history. I think they need to figure something out when you have a franchise quarterback like that. They don't grow on trees. Same with Aaron Rodgers, these guys who have been with a team for so long. I think they will figure it out. 
Uh, Roethlisberger, they started off 11-0, and then they lost their run game. They had no identity after they started losing. Um, I feel like he's close to done, but he wants to give it one more go. Here's my whole thing with him, though. They're – what's the stat? In the past, like, I think it's two or three seasons, obviously went down for a full year. They're 13-10 and 10 without him with guys like Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, and a bunch of scrubs. All time, they're, I think, played 41 games without him. They're 23-18. and 18. They can win without him. And they've, in my opinion, if you're a Steelers fan and a Steelers member of the organization, sold their soul to this man. Sold their soul to this man, Ben Roethlisberger, who's clearly not the same, who's clearly not the guy that is going to win you a Super Bowl. And, yeah, they were 11-0 last year. It was the... F- in my opinion, most flawed 11 all you I ever know, seen. I know, it was. And you go and look at some of these numbers that he had this past year, ranks real bottom in the NFL, real behind some not great guys. So I'm not so sure, man. Like, if he comes back and does what he was doing last year during the season, you're probably going to, what, then go to Dwayne Haskins who you brought in on a one-year? Why not be doing something or trying to do something else if that, like, how much longer? Who who can they really get that's going to be that much of an upgrade, though? They don't have a package to get a Deshaun Watson. There's not many other guys, you know, that are really out there. So I think it's more of, like, just give it a one more go, kind of like a victory lap type thing. He won us two rings. Reward him. We love him. He loves us. Don't want to see him in another uni. Just, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. We'll have him for one more year. Uh, I don't think there's really anyone out there that they're going to be able to get that's going to be better than whether it's a rookie quarterback or anyone that's actually available that they can get. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy G's an interesting one. Obviously, what's going on with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott is interesting for me. Um, and then I saw a report that the Bucks would be, quote, elated to extend Brady in his deal. And I saw this, and it's kind of my whole thing on – Big Ben is like, bro, these dudes that are playing later into their careers, particularly what we saw to Drew Brees last year. Like, I'm not saying Drew Brees isn't great. I'm not saying he might not be one of the best QBs we've seen, top 5, 10, whatever it is, all time. But he's clearly not the guy anymore, right? Like, we we saw what happened to him. He was hurt a bunch. But, like, he's going to come back and play another year? Like, we saw what we saw to Big Ben. He's going to come back and play another year? Brady won a Super Bowl, and I'll give him credit for that. But when I watched him throughout the season, before he got to this, after their bye week, went 8-0 and won a Super Bowl, a lot of what they did during that 8-0, Brady had some good stints in those games, not great stuff in a complete game. The team as a whole figured it out is the thing. They were yes, able to make it. but my whole point is go look at his first half of the season. Oh, yeah. Go look at how his last season was with New England. To me, he's not the same. Yeah, I mean, and so that's just a old. fact, right? Yeah, yeah. He's forty three years old. You're gonna he's keep you're gonna keep extending this man out. The way it works though, the reason he why won a good. Super Bowl. Is that why you're doing it? To me it's to me it's the same thing that I knocked on him before, where how, you're gonna keep going for what? Where like for guys like me to be able to sit here back and say, Bro, you're you're done. You've been done. The, reason, the only reason they won that Super Bowl, in my opinion, was a magical run that realistically my one of my teams had before. Yeah, yeah. So I can't knock it, but that's still, to, in my opinion, what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. And you have to kind of look at it like that for me when it's just not, I don't know. That's just like what oh, it I is for you. me. No, so now you're going to extend this man again? Well, in my reason, opinion, you're looking for, I don't know. No, the reason why they would extend him and he used to do this in New England all the time, is yes, he's getting an extra year added on to his deal, but it makes the cap hit easier. So by doing this, he's actually freeing up like a ton of money for the Bucks to try to bring back those pieces because they're probably going to franchise uh, Godwin. They really obviously want Levante, David, and um, who else on their defense? They Shaq, need, uh, Barrett. Shaq Barrett is who I was thinking of, yeah. So they want to re-sign those guys. Obviously, you have Gronk, you have Antonio Brown. There's a lot of free agents like we've talked about with that team. So the reason he's doing it is to free up space. And it's one of those things. If he comes out and he sucks next year and he has to retire, it is what it is. It's going to still give him a better chance next year to win. That's what it's about. It's really a year by year basis. He said he wants to play till 45 for a long time now. And now he's talking about maybe going past it, which is just fucking bonkers. But just, it's kind of a thing to 
it's a it's a win now move. Even though he extends a year, it frees up more space to try to be good next year for the team. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he'll be able to play as long as he's going to be slated. I know. To play. It, well, that's the thing. Especially you've seen it. I mean, and I just, any moment, any split second, it could happen. Oh, I'm just not about without it. no birthday, son. Oh yeah, I forgot. We'll get him in. We'll get him in. We'll get him in. We'll get those birthdays in. Right. Long list today. We got a decent list today. It's quantity. Some quality here, though. Quantity. So starting it off, we got famous tennis player Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs. And then we're going to bring it over to a little broadcasting. James Brown so from CBS. To get through on this. James Brown from CBS. Kurt Rambis. Nice. Got dunked on by Shaq. Nice. Todd Blackledge, who was one of the quarterbacks of the class of 1984 or 83, I believe. The class with Marino, Elway, uh, Jim Kelly, bunch of great quarterbacks. So that's pretty interesting. Nice. Uh, Joakim Noah, it's his birthday. When I had my long hair and didn't shave for a while, I kind of looked like him. And thinking about it, that's gross. Um, Monte Irvin, a great uh, player for the Negro Leagues and then played for the um, New York and San Francisco Giants. Nice. Paul O'Neill, and Ron Santo, Hall of Fame third baseman for the Cubs. Ron so happy birthday to all of them. Santo. My man Stephen A's been selling on me, though, for real. I saw you said James Harden's the best player in the NBA right now. And he's playing great, but best player in the NBA? I don't know about that, bro. Like, I don't even know if he's the best player on his team. Uh... I'd argue Kevin Durant is. Uh, that seems a little bit wild take for me. He's been on some wild takes. Uh, much love for Chu coming through today to get through some sports takes. Covered some MLB. We had some NBA discussions for sure. And a little bit of NFL carousel at the back end, which was great. My guy Chu, much love. Uh, hopefully we'll link up again soon before head back. It's getting warmer out, bro. I kind of like that, so... Yeah. Melt that snow a little bit. Hit some, hit some golf balls. It'll be fire. Uh, still trying to get you a P5. That'd be dope. That would be dope. That's a struggle. That is. Oh my god. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous, my guy. Hey, much love for coming through today. Much love. Thank you for having your me. Mets, your Mets jersey's looking good. Hey, thank your you. Your Mets hat's looking great. We got Tampa and your Tom coffee's underneath. looking good, and so is Kate Upton in the background. Love it. Kate and I. Hey, treat people the way you want to be treated, folks. Love to hear it, my guy. Definitely shout you out. Shout out my good friend Special K today. Thinking of her and her appointment. Much love. And talk to my neighbor. Got to try and get that uh, fucking thing you got me squared away. I'll try and do that at some point. I don't know. Might have to just say it's on there and pray it's on there. Should be. Or actually, no. I'm going to do something after this and then see. Uh, that's a good idea. All right. That's all we had for the airwaves today, particularly myself and my man Smats, as always. Still had no shame what I had to say. Just a man with a nickname. You listen to Seggy Station. Peace and love. Stay safe out there. Catch you all next time. Listen to Seggy Station. Deuces.